Welcome to episode six of What Even Is This Place? I'm Ashley. And I'm Rosie. We are sisters reconnected that are drawn to the spirit realm, have a fascination for the unusual aspects of our human experience. So put on your space helmet or tinfoil hats while we explore the depths of this chaotic place we call Earth. Hi guys, welcome back. Guess who's back, 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 back again. (laughs) Hey, Rosie's with us this week. Hello. Back at it. Yeah, last week was just a weird week for me and I was just really out of it. It's all good. We need mental health days. Yes, we do. Mental health is super important. So, you know, take a week off if you really feel like it. But I am back and better than ever. Yeah. And if you've been here since episode one, thank you for giving us a chance. We're on episode six. Six. We're doing it. We're figuring it out. I did read somewhere that if you make it past episode six, that you have a good success rate. You were telling me that. So we'll see. Please don't go anywhere. (laughs) Stick with us. (laughs) So um, anything new and exciting? Um, My hair is red. Oh. And now is my bathtub. (laughs) uh yeah it's officially fall y'all we're trying so hard to bring in the fall season we're doing whatever we can do dyeing our hair freaking lighting candles that are fall scents it well it is officially september so yes now we can uh we can really get in the vibe i know i'm so excited i'm so ready for summer to be over like i'm so ready i know we always say like oh we're gonna miss summer but as of right now, I really am not going to. I'm so over the heat. Yeah. And there's been some really beautiful storms and thunder and lightning. Yes. Aside yes. from um, my dog Corelli flipping out. Uh, so this weekend, they were camping and I was home and I woke up to her. It was like so nice. I was sleeping in my sister's bed and I had the dog on the bed and I woke up to this amazing storm it was like thundering and lightning and it was awesome but then Corella. <laughs> yeah and then Corelli's like panting and it's really slobbering sad. everywhere it is sad and she was shaking like I... vibrating like nothing vibrating. helps either I've gotten her a thunder jacket I've given her like those pills from the vet uh... which I've told you about but I'll tell everyone else about I don't give them to her because it's too sad it makes her hella drugged out so yeah poor <laughs> so you just gotta hold her through it yeah, she was, yeah, shaking and not doing okay. But, I mean, we toughed it out. It was fine. It was gone in, like, two hours, which I was disappointed, but Corelli was yeah, better. Yeah, that's so. the thing about Oklahoma storms. And as she was experiencing that, we were camping, like she said, and literally hail and just, like, the heaviest rain came down. And we had to – luckily, we have a camper trailer, and we weren't in a tent, thank goodness. <laughs> Yeah. But and at one point there was a flash flood and I really thought the trailer was about to be carried away. <laughs> it was gonna float away. Yeah, that's my anxiety. <laughs> I literally had this visual of us just floating away down the freaking blue river. Um trailer <laughs> into boat question mark. I mean I was like, All right, let's let's, let's go on a shark tank right <laughs> yeah. now. I was like, Fuck it, this is my fate. Here we are. Oh gosh. 
Yeah. So camp in, get it in a couple more times. Yeah. Um, before the weather actually goes poo poo. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess it already was this weekend for you. But... Yeah. But it was fine. I went, like I told you, I went swimming right afterwards. I was like, nope, I'm getting my nature fix in. Not going to little hail. Let a little hail stop me. <laughs> <laughs> what the hail? <laughs> but, um, so that was a mom joke. <laughs> You're already training. I know. <laughs> I'm in tra- it was an auntie joke, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, what else is new? Uh, well, this happened a while ago, but you haven't, we haven't talked about it. I haven't got to properly grieve my spider dyed emerald. Oh, yeah. Um, which I knew it was kind of coming up because he was starting to lose the little sticky on his feet. I know. And he was so old. He's an he old was man. hanging in there. Yeah. For a while. He was a cutie pie. If you guys don't know, um, jumping spiders they're really sweet and you can like hold them and well he was actually scary i'm not gonna lie i never held him <laughs> because he was wild caught but he did help me get through my fear of spiders so we had our little journey together and i was really yeah, grateful i've never been scared of jumping spiders like i if if anyone knows me i am deathly afraid of spiders any spider nope don't count me out i'm out but jumping spiders, I've always loved them growing up. They don't scare me as much. And yeah, but Emerald was scary. He was pretty. His little fangs were green and he was super cute. Well, every time I tried to hold him, he lifted his arms up at me like, like he was going to. Yeah, his fangs are big too. So yeah, I was like, all that right. probably would have hurt. Like, really all right, bad. bro. Like, you can be in your cage. I gave him crickets. He had a cute little crystal castle that I made. Oh, yeah. His little cage mm-hmm. up on the, I know I'd yeah. always say hi to him when I would go to wash dishes. Yeah, because I had him right in the window. Um, I mean, he kind of helped me get over my fear of spiders because I think the same day that he died, I vacuumed up a wolf spider. Oh, <laughs> don't tell me that. Okay. Okay. You know my handheld vacuum? Yeah. So I vacuumed it up. <laughs> that's the spider vacuum? Yeah. Well, that's my new thing. So I like looked in it. You know, you can see through part of it. It's clear. <laughs> I wanted to see if it was alive. Bitch, it was crawling around. <gasps> I literally just used that vacuum yesterday. No, I dumped it out. Oh, okay. So you know how I don't like to kill spiders, yeah. even if they scare me? Yeah. So that's the new way. So I'll just vacuum up the spiders and like humanely dump them Ew, out. I hate that. I, I mean, it made me feel I good because I had to squish a um, wolf spider the other day and I felt terrible. So Fuck them. That's all I have to say. I, I, know, even, they're, I know they're living things, but they're so I don't know scary. They are. They're really big. If you guys live in the i mean they have wolf spiders in california but, but i've never oh no 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 but they're not as big as they're I mean, not they're huh? big but these ones are huge i had one in my laundry basket i'll forever be traumatized <laughs> i was home alone and i went to pick up my like clothes off the bat i have them in my bathroom a lot for some reason and i went to pick up my clothes and one like crawled out of my clothes and i nearly passed away i think they crawl out through the bathtub like ew how else? There's but no they, windows in there. It was on there. my floor. I don't know. It was on my floor. They're always on my floor. Always. Hmm. Like by the door, that corner, they're always on my floor and it freaks me out. And then I lost it. And then they came home and it was, I picked up my laundry basket because I had a feeling it was in there and it like, cr- it crawled out towards me. It's the and universe I screamed. triggering you until you heal. <laughs> from your spider scary. I will never get over my I will spider. Ne- they'll just keep showing up in your bathtub. <laughs> I've been scared of spiders since I was, since I could walk. 
So yeah, I don't know. I used to hold daddy long legs and stuff, but not Ew. not these bitches out here. Even My... the daddy long legs in Oklahoma are way bigger than the they're California wild. ones. Yeah, they're way they're really big out here. Like mm-mm. you know how they say everything's bigger in Texas? No, everything's bigger in Oklahoma. Facts, especially the bugs. Factual, <laughs> honestly. So enough about our <laughs> arachnophobia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> moving on um let's see i don't know i think we've covered everything um of course we'll talk about american horror story oh let's make that a theme that's been a theme yeah that's been a theme this episode was probably one of our favorites it was super fucked up super but super good super but it was tragically romantic but disgusting it was giving romeo and juliet okay but okay if you guys romeo and juliet but necros but necro yeah so if you <laughs> spoiler alert if you guys haven't watched it's it literally yet, called necro it's yeah the episode's called necro and it's literally about this woman who <gasps> works at a mortuary what i said spoiler alert okay okay if you haven't listened to it then skip i mean over and this. to me it was pretty obvious who the necro was right away yeah but she like i, I mean technically she didn't actually fuck a dead body yeah that's he true. was alive yeah yeah anyways it was it was wild we won't get too much into it but yeah it was, well i think we just gave it all away well Sorry. i said spoil alert, so that's your fault at this yeah, point. yeah you should have fast forward <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh it was super good top probably three. one of the best ones because i can't even really remember the rest yeah There's only been except a for the dollhouse one and the yeah the very first one was uh, fire so good because they connected it back to i wish they would have I wish they make a whole season. Remember, I was telling you, I think, that maybe they're playing with what people like the most and they'll make right. a whole season on it. I hope. Right. One could hope. Yeah, let's hope so. Because that'd be awesome. Yeah. And, um, well, are you ready to get into our strange facts? Yes, I am. Okay. Who's going first? Um, You can, because I need to pull mine up, if that's okay. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um. So, my... So... I always text Ash to make sure she doesn't know what I'm talking about. And I'm pretty sure everyone knows about the fact that I was going to do. I was going to talk about the fact that the the movie The Poltergeist, like the old one released in like 1982. Apparently they used real skeletons on set and Ash already knew that because I like to surprise her. It's hard though because I'm always looking up dark shit. Same. And I guess um staying on the movie topic because i was like well what what else you know because we're horror buffs and stuff i was like well what else has been you know going on is there any other weird stuff and i found out that the nightmare on elm street franchise was Mm -hmm. based off of a real a real thing a real crime a real like a real phenomenon Remind me again, that's Freddy Krueger, obviously, but I don't actually, it's been so long since I watched the original that I don't remember. So he comes to people in their dreams. In their dreams. Okay. Yeah. So he comes to people in their dreams and terrorizes them and basically kills them in their dreams. Okay. It's based on a real thing. So it's based on a real phenomenon and it's actually uh, based off of a LA Times article um, that was written in 1987 about... um, male asian refugees that that a phenomenon was going on called nightmare deaths 
I have heard of nightmare deaths. Yes. But I didn't know it related. I know about the Asian phenomenon, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I did not know it related yeah. to Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street. That was their inspiration. So, mm-hmm, that was, that was. It's um, like sleep paralysis, but really intense. Right. Oh, right. yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Wes Craven, the creator of Nightmare on Elm Street, um, got inspiration from that phenomenon and. Um, I guess I'm going to read the LA, a little bit of the LA Times article. Um, so the title is Medical Experts Seek Clues to Nightmare Deaths That Strike Male Asian Refugees. So since 1983, at least... Oh, sorry about that. I got a call in the middle. Do not disturb. I know. Sorry. Sorry. It's fine. You're fine. Um, Okay, so since April 1983, at least 130 Southeast Asian refugees have left this world in essentially the same way. They cried out in their sleep and then they died. I'm so scared. Medical authorities call this Asian death syndrome. The refugees oh. have various <coughs> names for it, one of them being night terror. But mind you, this is written in 1987. I was going to say, that's really specific. Really old. But, um. Wait. Okay, has it happened to white people? Um, that just made me curious. I'm, I'm gonna have to dig deeper because now I want to know. Yeah, I I'm not if sure. If it only I'm happened sure it to them, has. I'm sure it has. Well, I know I read something about it being related to trauma mm. that they experience and they're refugees. And yeah, exactly. Some type of war. I can't remember exactly what war. I like forgot. Um. But yeah, it's related to was it like trauma? Japan, um, Thailand, Thailand. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. So, spurred by curiosity and concern, um, Krishner, an associate professor of pathology at the University of Chicago, undertook a systematic study of the problem. His results, based on data from the Federal Centers for Disease Control and autopsies of 18 night terror victims were recently reported in the Journal of the American Medical Association. The victims had much in common um, that he found, first and foremost, that nothing seemed to be wrong with them before they suddenly died. Mm. These are all healthy men with no previous symptoms. The average age was 33. The situation is always almost the same. It only occurs in men and it only occurs in their sleep. The report is that they cry out and die and are found dead the next morning. That's so scary. Right? Because it's out of nowhere. It reminds me, have you had these dreams where you're falling and you hit the ground? Uh, yes, all the time. Or like, I have those all the time. I've had it where I like trip and hit the ground and like wake up or something like that. But right. yeah, imagine if your body like actually believed. I mean, that's my, okay. That's crazy. Yeah. And it says um, that his theory is that something at night, perhaps a random electronic discharge, perhaps a nightmare, overloaded these defective hearts, causing the sudden deaths. This makes the nightmare death all the more curious in studies of whites who die suddenly has not shown the same defect. Oh, there's our there's our answer. That's really crazy. Super weird, right? Okay. Go ahead. Are you almost done? I have to – I just remembered something that I, re- like, learned about this. I'm pretty much done, but um, – it just basically says that genetics is probably a role in the defect, which probably presents from birth. Yeah. Um, yeah, so nightmare deaths are only found in certain Asian populations, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, as well as the Philippines and Japan. 
It has not been reported in China. Suspect stress as a factor. Yeah, well, that makes sense what he said about the heart, like already being under a lot of stress. That, right. That does make a lot of sense. So what I, I kind of remember about when I did read about this, it was the paranormal aspect. And I forget the exact name, but you know what a banshee is? Yes. So they, in their culture, they have something similar. Um, like I said, I can't remember the name of it, but they have something similar that it's an entity that attacks them in their sleep. Oh, and yeah. the article I read about that said something about how there's been reports of that um, entity visiting those people. Oh, that's so scary. Yeah, like a, a banshee or um, an, a hag, I think they call it too, when you get sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So either way, it's really scary. That is terrifying. And that would but kind of explain the screaming too. Like yeah. You being so scared. Yeah. Something's like literally attacking you i'll have to look up the name i can't remember the name but they believe in something similar like what we believe in with the hag right right so creepy well yeah that's what inspired the nightmare on elm street wow. franchise i did not a know real, it was based off of a real thing that's crazy mm-hmm. oh god i forget what i was reading the other day but it, it reminded me someone was telling their account of they had was that a tiktok you sent me which one? I send you like she 10 would, million. I know. You really fucking do. It takes me like a week to get caught up on all the TikToks you send me. But it was one she was like talking about how she was all of a sudden in um like a basement or something and Freddie was there. Yes. Okay. So yeah. that's what it, that you just reminded me of. Mm-hmm. Ugh, mm-hmm. That's scary. And I this was... is why I sleep with a crystal by my bed. Seriously, though. And I also, I guess there's a phenomenon too. I I like glanced in the comments of one of the art, like the article I was reading and it was like some kind of thread. It wasn't on Reddit, but it was like the facts and then people commenting underneath it. And I guess there's a a phenomenon where you go to sleep and end up in what's called the back rooms. And it's literally, yeah. I've heard of this. Okay. Yeah. You like end up. I don't know how you get there or what happens, but it's kind of it's like a form of sleep paralysis, I guess. But but so many people visit the so same. So many, yes, so many people literally visit what they call the back rooms, and it's literally just this room, and they describe it as like moldy. There's and, like multiple. There's like a staircase room. Uh huh. Uh huh. There's like a white room. That's that's right. so bizarre. Yeah, and I guess that could also like relate to the nightmare on elm street because if you haven't seen it that's literally where you end you end up in like this factory type setting so it's really interesting it is really interesting i mean it just makes me think of like the fact we're in a simulation like there's just certain nightmare rooms created that you accidentally glitch into sometimes probably that would explain why so many people experience the same phenomenon like right that's so weird. Super weird. Yeah, we could probably go a deep down on the psychological of dreams, like the psychology oh, of dreams. Oh, for sure. It's but it's wild. such a vast topic that... Ugh. Definitely. The backdrop rooms, is that what you said they were called? Back, the, back, the back rooms. Back rooms. Yeah. Mm. Thank God I've never experienced that. I, I'd be shitting myself. <laughs> I don't know if I... I probably have and didn't realize it. Because you know how I'd be dreaming so much. And my dreams change sceneries like, yeah. multiple times. And yeah. they're always really vivid. Ugh, I only remember my dreams sometimes. I don't remember them all the time. But I'm sure I've probably ended up back there too. <laughs> I had a weird lucid dream the other day. And it was about 
our mom, which I never dream about her. Oh, you didn't but tell me this. I know. I haven't told you, but <laughs> this is so frustrating because in my dream, within a dream, I was lucid dreaming and I wrote down a name and I knew in my dream that it was, I knew I was dreaming and I knew that it was important and I knew I needed to remember it when I woke up and I fucking did. Oh, I know. I know. I was lucid dreaming. You almost solved our mom's case. Anyways. <laughs> um, I know. I was really pissed. It, the last That's name was like so Bouchardo. That's all I remember. The last name was like Bouchardo or Bouchard. Oh, well, maybe we'll have to look into that. I know, but I only remember the last name. But the first name was something really like white and plain. Oh, <laughs> so well, we'll dig into I that. I don't know. But anyways, dreams are fucking scary and wild. Rad. Yeah. Wild. Uh, on a lighter note, well, actually, this is not light. <laughs> <laughs> when is it ever light on this show? I got the creeps. Like you're ta- that just gave me the heaps. Yeah, I know. Okay, well, this is this isn't so much scary. It's morbid because it has to do with a practice that we used to do. Oh shit! Doctors. Oh shit! So it's scary in a different way. Who knows? Um, so according to medical news today, cutting teeth—the way they used to handle. When babies were teething. Uh-huh. Okay. So in the old days, infant mortality was sky high. And much of the time, the reason for their death was wholly unknown. But it always seemed to happen around when they were teething. Okay. So according to this article, quote, the medical minds of the day thought this might not be as simple as a coincidence. So they just concluded that the process of teething was also the cause of infant death. In England and Wales in 1839, for instance, over 5,000 deaths were attributed to teething. Even by 1910, the figure was 1,600. So, how did physicians combat the evils of teething? Unfortunately for those children involved, they developed a wide array of interventions, including bleeding, blistering, and placing leeches on the gums. What? No way. Isn't that horrific? No way. Um Why? Because it was 1839 and we were dumbasses. Humans are barbaric and they don't even like mean to be, but how would that help? What was the logic behind that? I mean, people thought that when you put leeches, I know they did that in other cases, like if you had um, blood diseases or something, they believe that leeches, which it was never proven. And I know we still use leeches today too. Ooh, they should get their license. We, we do. We do. Yeah. Oh, hospital, I, if yeah. I went to the fucking doctor and they tried to put a leech on me, no, it's for no, it's for a a, a Pacific, not the ocean. A Pacific Ocean. A Pacific. <laughs> it's for a specific reason. Hold on, I gotta look this up now. Okay. But anyways, continue. Yeah, while you do that, I'll finish. Um, quote: In some cases, they even burned the back of babies' heads. What? <laughs> the fuck is wrong with us? I. It wasn't me. <laughs> I'm human. Like, no. What is wrong with us? We're, I mean, the more and more that I learn about this shit like the dark stuff we have it makes me think about now like everyone thinks they know everything about medical practices and we can we're only evolving so something that might be normal now is probably going to be looked back as barbaric probably and that's what this these things always make me think of that because at one time this was like accepted and people were moms were like bringing their babies during the 16th century french surgeon ambrose paré 1510 to 1590 introduced gum lancing and then this became the preferred method so they would like slit their gums with a scalpel a paper published the lancet explains just how popular lancing baby's gums became quote john hunter 1728 through 93 would lance a baby's gums up to 10 times 
J. Marion Sims, 1813 through 83, treated his first patient, a baby of 18 months. As soon as I saw some swelling of the gums, I at once took out my lancet and cut the gums down to the teeth. What? The, how was that? I'm, I'm infuriated right now. How is that going to help? What is that supposed to do? Well, it, it didn't really help, so I'll get to that. The author continues, the physician, Marshall Hall, wrote that he would rather lance a child's gum 199 times unnecessarily than to admit it once that it wasn't necessary, and he instructed his students to do it before, during, and after the teeth appeared, sometimes twice a day. It is yet unknown how many children died from infections that likely developed following such procedures. So uh, it didn't help. They yeah. were just experimenting. No. Just like the fucking radium girls and the Tuskegee experiment. Oh, yeah. And oh, like yeah. People yeah. just be doing things, quote, in the name of science. And then later on, it's just like part, like, okay, this is just, it's just fucking creepy and weird. That is so weird. Yeah. What was, I don't, I'm just not under. I mean, I guess we won't now, but like, just what is the logic behind that? The, the teeth are going to break through the gums anyways. So. That's what's painful. They were saying like children were dying in my. From having teething issues but my thought is maybe they were getting fevers because i remember when my kids right. were teething like yeah they get they do spike really high fever sometimes so yeah. that could be related right um so i don't think they had any knowledge of like how to bring fevers down or maybe they did i don't know but that's just my probably guess. not if they're lancing baby's yeah. gums open thinking it's helping and then who knows they're putting this together because of some data but maybe there was some weird virus that was hitting infants at that time and they just assumed it was because of teething oh maybe yeah i don't know that's just my i just thought it was well you got me inspired from your baby cages so i started looking into like practices like of like doctors and pediatricians and whatnot that's horrific i don't even want to know that's so horrific like yeah i know leave the babies alone poor sweet babies i know like stop stop (laughs) Okay, so anyways, um, leeches to in today, they're mostly used in plastic surgery and other microsurgery. Um, and apparently this is because leeches secrete peptides and proteins that work to prevent blood clots. So they're used to prevent, like, clots. So they're like an uh, organic blood thinner. Yeah, an anticoagulant. All right. Yeah. Still don't think I'd do it. No, me neither. <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right. You ready? You re- I am ready. Okay. So I don't have an oh, wait. am I. Oh, yeah. Am I the asshole? You're yeah. Right. I don't have an am I the asshole this week because I literally couldn't find anything. Um, she wanted to keep it. I like to keep themed. it. Yeah. I like to keep it themed. That's just my personal preference. But what do you have for me? Um, well, if I can Ashley? figure out how to pull up. Oh, here we go. I just, you know, I kind of just go with it and I just save a few and then I pick one on the spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm down. Okay. I just read the, the title. Okay. Okay. Am I the asshole? Oh, did this one get removed? Oh, no. I know I hate when that Oh, wait. No, I don't think so. Okay. It's right here. Okay. Um, Am I the asshole for posting a selfie while my friend was having an asthma attack? (gasps) (laughs) Why am I laughing? It's horrific. Okay. (laughs) I want to see the picture. (laughs) I hope they're okay. I hope they're okay. I know. Same. That's no joke. You know, I can't can't even imagine having asthma. Oh, I've had an asthma attack 
hitting a dab pen too hard. Oh. It's really horrible. It's really. Is that the same thing as like me taking a bong hit and throwing up and not being able to breathe? <laughs> no, I had like an actual asthma. Oh, attack. okay. My senior year, yeah, my senior year, I had an actual asthma attack in the parking lot of my high school. That's really scary. And I turned blue. My friend said I turned blue, and oh. I had to flag down someone. Yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible. I had to flag down someone with a, with a freaking what's it called? An inhaler. A puffy thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It was. It sucked. Asthma. Yeah, asthma's no joke. Yeah. So this person's obviously a bitch which i did get it from am i the devil you know how we do yeah okay so it says i'm 29 female on my way home from my bachelorette weekend and my whole party is mad at me for something that i don't think is a big deal we went to the state park to see the sights and spontaneously started down the trail we decided i'm like about to have an asthma attack (laughs) (laughs) on theme sorry i took a big inhale okay Uh, We decided to only go 10 minutes down the path to see the views and come back, so we didn't bring water or hiking shoes, and my friend with asthma didn't bring her inhaler. We walked to and climbed up this plateau to see the views and get pics when my friend starts having trouble breathing. Two other girls start trying to help her, and I start taking some selfies because I wanted to share where I was. Oh, my God. I posted a really cute selfie and checked in with her, and I said, are you okay? And she said, I will be okay, and so we started to head back. Now it's been brought to my... T- what are you looking at? Did something come in? No. No, I was trying not to breathe into the mic. Oh. <laughs> Go on. Uh, out of the corner of my eye, Rosie was like looking behind the curtain where the doorway was and I got scared. No, no, no. Um. Now let's see. She said, I will be okay. And we started to head back. Now it's been brought to my attention that I was an asshole for not caring. But I asked them, what do you want me to do? Because truly don't think there was anything I could do. I'm feeling attacked by those who are supposed to be my best friends. So Reddit, I want your opinion. Am I the asshole? Mm, she was voted the asshole, right? Yeah. Someone yeah. said asshole aficionado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's giving how dare you have an asthma attack at my bachelorette weekend. It's just super nonchalant. Like, take the, like, ask if she's okay first. Right. Then take the selfie. I kind of understand where she's coming from because realistically, yeah, there's nothing you can do. You, but, yeah, check on her first. Don't, like, at least act like you care. Jesus. Yeah, it's not like she was ruining the bachelorette party. No, no, no. And that's kind of what she's making it seem like, though. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. You're a bitch. You're yeah. a literal bitch. You don't just snap photos when someone i mean they can be fatal so oh absolutely and how much of a bitch would she have felt if her friend did she, she die died. or something yeah. like you were you look the know. picture okay when i first read the title i saw i just imagined her like a selfie with the girl in the back like, the- yeah <laughs> that's what i pictured too you know that cat picture where it's coughing <laughs> so, like, yeah. how i imagine her friend in the background have you she's seen- like with a thumbs up. <laughs> the videos of the cat smelling different things. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh. Also, though, hot take. I guess I might be the asshole a little bit. If you know you have asthma that bad and you're going on a hike, why the fuck would you leave your, your inhaler? I literally, I don't even have asthma and I bring my dehumidifier every or my humidifier everywhere yeah because like i brought it camping yeah that one time, i saw yeah that one time when we went camping i like did have i don't know if it was an asthma attack but i felt like i couldn't breathe 
So yeah, bring your inhaler. Yeah, that's, that's your responsibility. That's, yeah, that's my only thing is like, girl, you know, you have asthma that bad and you did bring your inhaler on a literal walk. On a hike. Yeah. They were like hiking. I know they were like, it's not even that far. But like, if you know, you Jeez, attention literally whore. can't breathe. <laughs> yeah, fucking get a grip, Brittany. How dare you not be able to breathe on my weekend? <laughs> But really, she should have brought her No, she really should have. But yeah, the girl either way is an asshole. Yep. For sure. We need a gavel. I know. You said this last time. I know. I really want one. We should make like a bedazzled, like cute, spooky black one. We need to insert the lawn order theme after. (laughs) Case closed. Done, done. (laughs) I want to try to find that. That'd be fucking hilarious. That would be funny. (sighs) Okay. Okay. Uh, We decided spooky first. Yes. Okay. So take it away. All right. Let me know if you've heard of this. Okay. Um, and it is German names in origin. So I'm sorry if I butcher this. Uh, we don't judge. Yeah. Or do. I don't really give a fuck. I'm doing my <laughs> best. Okay. So it's called the Belitz Hellestatten Sanitarium. Oh. Have you heard of no, it? No, I haven't. It's in Berlin, Germany. And it's also later known as Hitler's Hospital. And you'll find out why. Oh. Okay. It's one of the most famous haunted and famous places in Berlin, Germany. Um, there's just a lot of history and there's a lot of, there's not a lot of detailed ghost stories, but mostly footnotes, but I did find a couple of things, but you'll, you'll be the judge. I'm pretty sure it's haunted. Oh, I can already tell. Yeah. Just and I showed the you name. in the pictures I showed you. Yeah. You sent me pictures. Yeah. I wanted you to like get a feel oh, for yeah. it yeah it felt really eerie just looking yeah at and it. i'll post a ton of pictures because the photos are alone are like oh just... that picture with like the bed in the window really gave me the creep yeah like it, i got really heavy yeah like, well that that's picture. because it was a military hospital two times so this town was known um it has a lot of history on its own it was known for being a really early trade route Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also two statues in the town of Berlin. Um, I forget, or no, excuse me, in Belitz. I forget the names of them. There's a couple different sources. One of them said the Mother Mary statue. Um, but use, people used to go there in the 1200s because there was two statues, and basically one used to cry like blood out of their eyes. Oh, okay. Yeah, and the other one would just like cry tears. So, okay, that's just a little history on the actual tiny town in Berlin. It's a little. It's about 12 miles outside of that uh, actual town of Berlin. (laughs) I was like trying to look at it on a map. Anyways, it's a haunted tiny little town with a lot of history. Okay. It was built by architect Hayano Shemiden in 1898, making it 120 years old today. It was built to treat and quarantine tuberculosis patients originally. So that's already, you know how that goes down. A lot of deaths. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty big. It was consisting of 60 buildings and 600 beds, making it one of the world's largest treatment centers in the world. Wow. Um, all rooms were built with access to open air balconies so patients could take, quote, air baths, which was known to be oh one of the main God. treatments. Like the Griffin. Yeah. A lot of them would follow the same uh, code of trying to heal. You know, they really thought that right. fresh air, which I'm sure it helped a little. Yeah, fresh like air the baby helps cages everybody. too. Yeah. I guess it was just the time. Yeah. So all rooms were built with access to balconies. Um, Within a few more years, buildings were added to accommodate double the patients. So eventually it was 
a restaurant, a post office was added, a nursery, um, a bakery, a market, greenhouses, and Eden had its own source of power. So this is like a whole town Mm -hmm. in one building. Yeah. So it's a lot like a lot of the sanitariums in the times that I read about. They're like very Mm self-sustaining. And I think part of that is because you have to be quarantined like you can't be like going into town and shit oh for sure yeah Yeah. so they had no choice but to be Mm self-sustaining um and they would get a lot of grants at that time from the government to be able to like build all this stuff oh for sure so the property had been turned into a military hospital in world war one 1916 adolf hitler at the age of 26 was said to have been nursed back to health after he had received injuries from a shrapnel embedding in his groin and it left him kind of blind too um, so towards the end of the war in 1945, it was taken over by the Soviets and turned into a Soviet soldier hospital and was active up until 1995 in the Soviet Union's hands. Um, today, a few small sections of the hospital are used for neurological rehabilitation, Parkinson's disease research, but the rest stay rotting and falling apart. So kind of like what we had um experience when we went to norman like part of it was still being in use yeah which is super which weird. was weird there we'll get more into that in a different episode yeah but there was like unmarked vehicles it was really strange but it was but the obviously rest was used rotting yeah. yeah but part of it was obviously used like mm-hmm. it, the ac was on and, and i googled it, it like they did say it was still open the norman one hmm. um so this one was a lot similar they're using it till this day the heart of it wow Um, The hospital is known also for a slew of incidents like murders, suicides, and accidents. So one of the major killers associated with this area is the 1991 serial killer named the Pink Giant. I have not heard of this. You haven't? No. So I'll just give a brief update in case I want to go. He basically was called the Pink Giant because he was transgender and Mm -hmm. he used to leave pink lingerie on his victims. Oh, and he was really tall, so they called him the Pink Giant. Oh my god, and it's a really fucked up story for a different episode, but it's yeah, he was horrific. It so basically, he used to use the he did two murders inside the actual building after it was abandoned, and then the other four were on the grounds in the forest. So he used to use that place like a hunting oh my hunting grounds, pretty much. And I'll get more into it. I have that's all I did into it, but yeah, he's. His story is really fucked up. I did do a little digging. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. His childhood and everything. Ooh. Okay. So then in 2008, a photographer who was using the beliefs as a backdrop murdered his model while luring her into the hospital's former gatehouse. He tried to like get her to go up on the bed, that picture you saw. Oh, I hate it. And she's like, "Mm, no. So he lured her somewhere and beat her to death with a frying (gasps) pan. And then, like, had sex with her dead body. And the other guy, the pink giant, he was also a necrophiliac. So both of those murderers were associated with this area. That is horrific. Yeah. Um, In 2010, a a man fell through the window of the fourth floor, and he died on impact. And just days later, another man was severely injured as he fell into a four-meter deep hole while exploring. In 2011, a homeless man living on the property committed suicide. Oh, yeah. So so something about that makes me think something about that place. You know how like just the energy and the darkness can influence people. Did you listen to my episode? Mm-hmm. I mean, Matt and I talked like deeply about 
Like, yeah. And this just is proof more. Exactly. That it's some kind of vortex that yeah. just sucks yeah. dark darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Becomes like um just a conduit for dark things to happen. Yep. I mean, there's yep. we know about energy and there's right. to me there's no other explanation. So yeah, the fact that it was a tuberculosis clinic in World War Two and World War One clinic, uh, and Hitler was like literally nursed back to health there. Yeah, yeah so much. Evil. That was before he was a piece of shit, but still. Well, he was kind of always something but... to note. He, I did read that he got some kind of award for helping some fellow comrades in World War One. What the hell? Okay. So I'll give him that, but whatever. He went on to be a well. It kind of cancels out the fact that you murdered millions of people, but anyway. Yeah, and. <laughs> fun fact not a fun fact he got his ideas of eugenics through people in the united states but we don't learn that shit oh of course not so anyways he's obviously terrible but he didn't do it alone that's all i'll say um the complex was not guarded until about 2015 where it was a haven for urban exploring and ghost hunters most of the hospital is abandoned but like i said it's still a tiny bit of it's being used today but it is available for tours um, but from what I read, they don't really show you too much. They don't. Dang, I know. Yeah, of course not. Original items still remain, like examination chairs, like the picture you saw, surgery lights, beds, and other furniture. Creepy. It's most likely haunted it. because only fifty percent of the patients had survived there that stayed at the hospital. That's really low. So probably thousands of people have died in the walls. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and then the tragedies that just were drawn to it after. Exactly. It has to be. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I I tried to search for, surprisingly, there wasn't a ton on paranormal activity, no ghost hunter videos or anything like that. I could, yeah, I could, they, I think it's because it has so much dark history connected to it that the ghost stories kind of fall in the shadows of the actual dark history. Right. Which is, it was still cool to research. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of shit happened there either way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, we can put two and two together. It's probably really fucking haunted. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Probably people that just were sick and didn't cross over properly. And God knows how the patients were treated anyways. Oh, I like, know. Probably horribly just because of the time. And I wonder, did you find A lot of any, pain and suffering. I was going to ask, did you find if um, lobotomies were performed there? No, because it's not a psych hospital. Okay. It was just... Oh, okay. It was just strictly for tuberculosis, lung diseases, and um, repairing people from, like, mustard gas oh, okay, during the okay, war. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. so it's, it's a for little bit For some reason, I thought a part of it was a psych ward, too. Mm-mm. Did okay. I say... Maybe I said sanitarium. You did say sanitarium. That's why I was a little confused. Okay, my bad. <laughs> yeah, okay. I get it now. It's a... I understand. A, a, not an asylum. A hospital. It's a hospital. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, but still, Sorry. probably really... Yeah. Probably, a lot of pain and suffering. Uh, yeah, yeah. And who knows? Probably still, doctors probably experimented and oh, did I'm all sure. that weird shit. That, I think that's why I was drawn to it, too, because... Just the dark aspect of it being a Nazi hospital. Uh, like, you can just imagine. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, I did find, though, that there's some documented um, stuff from a guard, security guards, because now they, they have hired security guards to just kind of yeah, keep watch over it. Of course. Um, so, there's reports of the usual, like, door slamming, wheelchairs moving, which I hate. Uh, yeah, I... 
think that's the scariest to me. Yeah. Um, footsteps and disembodied voices and screams. So yeah. that's probably the oh, imprint of screaming. I was gonna patients. say there's probably hella residual energy yeah. there too. So yeah, pain, just painful screams. Yeah. yeah, and you guys will have to go look at the photos because that was one of the main reasons why I chose this place because it's just so super, pretty but super terrifying. Dark. Yeah, super like the dark. architecture and all that is like really gorgeous. Like oh, the way yeah. the arches are and. And now it's getting all taken over by vines, and it's just so eerie. And, yeah, the fact that there's still equipment there, it's just very eerie. It's so ironic how the most horrific places were the most beautifully constructed back in the yeah, day. Yeah, and it was huge, too. Oh, yeah, and they were, yeah, really big, but In the middle of the forest. Pretty. Yeah. Oh, scary. Mm-hmm. So, lastly, um, I just wanted to note that there has been a ton of movies filmed um a lot what? of independent yeah a lot of independent films and documentaries but mm-hmm. a, there was like eight films that were kind of big according to the internet i've only heard of one of them have you heard of valkyrie i've heard of it yeah okay i don't think i've actually watched it but that's one of the most famous ones that were filmed there and it's interesting too because in some of the pictures like it looks like it's not even abandoned like the outside still looks really beautiful i don't know if they remodeled it to look that way but when you go inside it's like dilapidated and falling apart interesting and they even put like a footbridge over the whole top of it so you could like walk and go explore it wow yeah well add that to the list of movies that we (laughs) need to watch i know that we haven't written down (laughs) yeah seriously so that is the belitz hellstatten hospital Wow. So when's our plane ticket? When are we booking? <laughs> I don't fucking know if I want to go there, honestly. I, you already know me. I like. I want to go anywhere and everywhere. I'll go stand outside and take pictures because it's pretty. Well, maybe I won't go inside because I don't really want to end up like that guy that fell in the hole. Yeah. It's kind of sketch. So maybe he got pushed for all we know. Who Pro- knows? Maybe. Probably an entity and fucking Nazi ghost probably pushed him. Probably. Who knows? All right. Curious to hear what you got this week. Yeah. So I am back with a true crime this week. Um, so I'm going to be talking about the murder of Lindy Sue Little Beachler. Um, so this case is wild. <laughs> like there's so much like random detail um and this is a really but i was i was drawn to it because um this case was cold for 45 years and just recently got solved oh wow so that's what initially draw like i was drawn to this case because it was literally just solved this year that's amazing i'm curious to see how they yeah, solved it and it is amazing how they solved it so let's get into it So, Lindy Sue Little was born January 31st, 1956, in the town of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, to her parents, Eleanor Gacy and Wayne Little, where she resided for all of her life. She was the older sister to her half-sibling, Mike Little, who was born after her parents' separation when she was young to her father. Her younger brother, in the past 45 years, has been very passionate and consistent about his sister's case, in which he described Lindy as a free spirit, having good work ethic, and to be very loyal and a loving person. 
So during childhood, Lindy mostly lived with her mother, and despite the hardships of her parents' separation, she had a good one. Towards the end of her high school years, Lindy had a part-time job at a small flower shop in town, where she ended up meeting her soon-to-be husband, Philip Beachler, to which they ended up married in 1975 when Lindy was 19 years old. Just after getting married, Lindy and Philip moved in together at the Spring Manor apartment complex in a one-bed, one-bath floor-level apartment in the town of Manor Township, Pennsylvania. This period in Lindy's life seemed to be a happy one, and it met the standard of what the average day-to-day would have been at the time. However, there were some strange events that took place that she had expressed her concerns about. So, Lindy had reported to her family and her husband that she had often felt as if she was being followed or that someone was consistently watching her. It was also said that one night while home alone, Lindy had spotted a figure that appeared to be a person peeking into her sliding glass doors Mm. that led out to her back patio. Oh, no. How scary is that? Fucking terrifying. Literally every woman's worst fear. And she was living it. So there was also another instance where Lindy and her husband were having dinner with her younger brother and Philip's sister in the family home when they heard a sudden crashing noise coming from the upstairs to which they discovered a mirror had fallen over. Mm. And this really scared Lindy um, because of everything she was experiencing. It made her feel like someone broke in and was walking around, which was very possible. Um, And she actually made Philip check the entire house to make sure no one was there just because... She was so scared and so uneasy. I have to tell you something. Okay. Uh oh. <laughs> this reminded me of it. I've been finding like cigarette butts in the backyard. And um Did you see those? We don't smoke, by the way. No one in this house smokes we cigarettes. We do not smoke, and that's why I'm like, um, okay. Matt literally made a joke that someone was living in the attic and I was like, don't fucking say don't that. Don't say that. Literally do not say that. Well, it wasn't just like because the neighbors smoke. So I've chalked it. I've seen it before in the past in the front yard. So I've chalked it up to the wind. You know how windy it gets here. Yeah. But there was like a congregation of cigarette butts in the backyard today. Like someone dumped out an ashtray? I don't know. There was like five all in one spot. And Matt <sighs> like pulled me out to ask me stop. if I'd been sneaking cigarettes because I've done that in the past. Really stop. Okay. Okay. Awesome. I, well, for what it's worth, I was just up in the attic. But sorry. that I just had to tell you because um, I'm like, I don't no, know. No, but that still could mean someone's just in our backyard. I'll shoot someone. I know, but that's <laughs> still really eerie and really creepy. Well, just tell me if you notice anything else because, like I said, I've noticed cigarette butts in our front yard, but never all in one spot in the backyard. Super weird. I know. I hate it. Go yeah, on. me too. Anyways, so, yeah, she made her husband check the upstairs. No one was there. They found no one. But these events led Lindy to not want to be home alone and especially not after dark. Um. And it's unfortunate because she was often off work way earlier than her husband, and he wasn't home until a few hours after dark, especially in the wintertime. So she was always home alone in the dark, and she was experiencing all this, like, weird stuff. And she felt like she was being stalked, which was very possible because of what happens. Right. Okay, so back then they weren't as weird as we are with paranormal stuff. She went right to she went, it's a person. Yeah, she went okay. right to feeling like she was being stalked. Okay. Which, unfortunately, um, what happens next, that was very possible. Does it say anything about her husband believing her or her family or anything? Or um, They believed her, and I'll get into that okay. shortly. So 
In the evening of December 5th, 1975, Lindy got off work and on her way home paid a visit to her husband at his work to grab some money and then shortly after headed to the Millersville Shopping Center to do some grocery shopping. At 7.15 p.m., Lindy arrived home and started to unload her groceries from the John Hers Market, to which it was getting dark and the sun was setting. Um, and because Lindy had expressed to her family that she didn't want to be home alone after dark, and her husband would not be home for another couple of hours at that point, Lindy's aunt and uncle actually decided to come over to Lindy's apartment to sit with her so Aww. that she was more comfortable. So, Sweet. yeah, when I when I read that, um, it made me feel good because usually the case is, like, no one believes you and you're just crazy and you're in your head. But in Lindy's case, it's actually really sweet because her family was really yeah. um, like understanding yeah. of her fears. Like that case I did with the two sisters, the dad was like, you're just grieving. Yeah. 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 Um, so, but this ends up really unfortunate because, um, so, uh, so they go over to Lindy's apartment to sit with her so that she, she was more comfortable and they arrived to Lindy's apartment around 8.40 p.m., to which they had noticed some things were really unusual. When Lindy's aunt had approaches, had sorry, had approached the front door, um, the door was unlocked, mm. which was strange because of Lindy's fear mm-hmm. of being home alone. So she automatically knew something was wrong. And blood was also found splattered on the front of the oh. door as well. She then continued to enter the apartment to where she discovered her niece's lifeless body on the living room floor, which was covered in blood, with a knife protruding from Lindy's neck. Jeez. At 8.46, 911 was called to where Lindy was pronounced dead on scene. So upon investigation, it was found that Lindy was stabbed a total of 19 times, in which her initial cause of death was due to profuse bleeding. The murder weapon was a butcher knife that was found to have come from the set that was in Lindy's kitchen. There was also a napkin wrapped around the handle of the knife, which was assumed to prevent any fingerprints from showing up on the weapon. There was also two different knives used. However, the second knife was never recovered, to which they theorized that the killer had taken it with him, and it was a personal knife of his. Mm -hmm. So there was no evidence of robbery or forced entry, and at the time, there was no evidence of sexual assault. However, in 1995, investigators had taken a DNA sample from Lindy's underwear that confirmed that it did contain semen, but at the time, no DNA matches had popped up because Mm. there was no way with the technology back then. Yeah, it was just maybe getting started, if Mm -hmm. I remember correctly. Right. Um, They had also found a bloody boot print in the kitchen of her apartment, but yet again, there was no evidence to tell who it belonged to. Newspapers a few days after her murder had released an article also asking for information regarding a dark-colored vehicle that was reported to be double-parked at the apartment complex between the times that her murder would have occurred, but yet nothing had come from that. No one came forward. Um, Lindy's husband was also ruled out due to the fact that he had been at work at the time of the murder. And although police had reported to have interviewed and followed up on 300 suspects, there was no strong evidence or um, strong suspects, which unfortunately led Lindy's case to become unsolved and go cold for 45 years after her murder. That's crazy. Um, So long. And then a couple of interesting things that happened. So 
they investigated her case off and on for years they honestly did as much as they could with what they had at the time and different investigators were probably right coming and going and picking it up right um because this is a small town so it was really weird it shocked everyone so um so a year after Lindsay's death or lindy's death her grave and tombstone was vandalized. <gasps> How um, rude. I know. So red paint was sprayed on it and it was chipped away at which appeared to have been done with a knife. Like someone had been slashing at it. Ew. How rude. How rude, right? So disrespectful. Literally a year her year anniversary death. Her Oh, so her, whoever did it knew. Well, right. I mean, the whole town knew, but Right. That was like a vengeful act. Yeah. It was said to like, they felt like it was the killer essentially. Taunting them. Did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, taunting the family. And then two years, so a year after that, an anonymous letter was published to the Manor Township Police Department, December 26, 1976, and it was titled Urgent. Um, and it was written to seem like it was from Lindy's killer and vandal of her grave, but initially was ruled a hoax and was decided against publishing. I wonder how they determined it was a hoax. I know. And I I tried looking up the letter. I tried finding the letter and I couldn't find it. Yeah, there's a reason why. Because I wanted to read it. I wanted to know. Maybe it gives away because it wasn't active or is active. No, you said they solved it now. They solved it, yeah. But at the time, it was an active investigation. So sometimes, you know, how police won't. Right. Yeah. Right. And. I don't know. The whole Zodiac killer thing was happening too. Yeah. So they maybe I know a fanboy. I read, I read some theories about the. It was eventually debunked, but um, at the time they were maybe thinking it could have linked to the Zodiac killings and how he was sending out letters. But but this is in Pennsylvania. Yeah. It's oh. weird. I know it's weird, but but a copycat, like a right. fan, like a fan, exactly, like a weirdo. But they fan. didn't want to risk it. They didn't want to publish it. Yeah, and be something actually valuable. So yeah, it could just be a weirdo who's trying to get some attention writing. Exactly. So um, and then I found this really interesting. Um, so in 1986, the Department of Justice hired psychics based out of California. Um, they paid them $2,000 to evaluate her case. Shit, I'm in the wrong So they were, field. I know. <laughs> so they were literally doing everything, and I mean everything they could to try to get to the bottom of this because it was just so random and so awful that they were like, we need to Yeah, because that person's still wandering around. Exactly, and did, he did for did 45 years. Did anything come of the psychics? Um, let me pull up the article. So essentially, no, but they actually gave like a description of what the killer could possibly look like, which I found to be interesting. I feel like with psychics, it's hard to use them as unless you have somebody who's finely tuned and very, very good at what they do. It's hard because things timelines are changing all the time and different right. images could come to them that they don't know if they don't know how to connect it, then it could just be a jumble of random information. Exactly. But they could be on to something, but Yeah. So according to the article of Fox forty three, 
um, January 18th, 1984, um, the Lancaster Intellinger, is that how you say that? Journal reports that the district attorney's office paid $2,000 for two California-based psychics to evaluate Beachler's case in 1981 or 1982. The psychic said that it was their impression that Beachler's assailant had a tattoo on his arm and had darker olive skin and darker brown hair and eyes. They both said the same thing. Mm-hmm. County Detective Paul Wagner says the psychics may have been describing um, Mark Capuello. Capuello? Capuello? Yeah. Yeah. Um, who had been charged with sexual assaults in Lancaster County in 1975 and was later shot and killed by a guard during an escape attempt at Lancaster County Prison. Um, he fit the description, but he had been ruled out as a suspect. Because of the timeline? Because he was working when Beachler, when she was stabbed, when she was murdered. So it didn't, like, add up. Oh. Um, but, yeah, I found that to be really interesting that they that they brought in sidekicks for her case. Yeah, I guess if there's money in the budget and you really want something solved, you'll reach reach to Oh yeah, absolutely. Any resources? Absolutely. So like I said, some psychics are probably on point and some Oh yeah. aren't that finely tuned, but Definitely. it doesn't hurt if you have money in the budget. Mhm. So yeah, as I said, um for 45 years off and on, they tried everything they could. Um, but essentially didn't get anywhere, and her case was unsolved for 45 years. So sad. Until July 18th of 2022. Ooh. They, they found him through um, DNA. Okay, through the panties mm-hmm. that they took, mm-hmm. the sample. Okay. So, um, in 2000, they ended up submitting her DNA that they found from her underwear they ended up submitting the semen to the database, mm-hmm. and um, that essentially is what led them to catch him. So, let me. That's to really me. cool because really sometimes cool. evidence gets lost, mm-hmm. and I've heard of cases where that's happened, and that's really frustrating. But the fact they actually had their shit together and kept it all together, right? Yeah, so the DNA profile that was taken from her underwear was submitted into the CODIS system, which is the national database that contains the DNA of individuals that have committed specific crimes. Yeah. Um, so then in 2019, the case was handed over to the Lancaster County District Attorney's cold case unit. Mm-hmm. And from there on, they had been working on her case. Oh, wow. On solving her case through DNA. So... They actually ended up solving her case through a coffee cup <gasps> that contained I'm looking at the mugshot. His DNA. And he looks like a regular schmegular guy. Mm-hmm. Always. So, um, so yeah, they um, ended up being able to, from the DNA, like do sketches mm-hmm. and phenotypes. Oh, um, of that's what really he, fascinating. Of what he could have looked like mm-hmm. and you know how they solved the golden state killer case yeah. that's exactly how they solved his ca- oh, this her case okay was they found him through the database <laughs> Took a coffee cup. yeah so they had essentially already been suspecting him mm-hmm. and yeah they were watching him and observing him and he was he became a suspect mm-hmm. um because of all the <gasps> phenotypes and all that and 
he was at the airport at the Philadelphia International Airport before catching a flight and he <laughs> purchased a like a paper coffee cup you yeah. know like you purchase coffee at the airport before yeah. you on a plane well he ended up throwing it away and they went to the garbage and pulled it out and got his DNA off of the yeah off because of now it's like cup. public yeah domain you throw and yeah, it in the trash so um on July 18th of 2022 um they ended up arresting him and he was charged in the 1975 murder of wow. Lindy Sue Beachler. Wow. And he, they connected his semen in her underwear to the DNA on the coffee cup that he threw away. That's just so scary because he was lurking around. Mm-hmm. Like, what a fucking he weirdo. He got away with it for 40 years. And that also years. is scary because what else did he do in that time? Oh, yeah. His name was David Sinopoli. I wonder if they're able to connect him. I, this is a newer newer development. You said yeah, they just solved this. Like, I wonder. Couple months ago. I mean, I don't. I mean, I guess not all serial, not all killers are serial killers. But if they can get away with it once, like, I just wonder and what usually, the fuck else he was up and to. Usually, that's what happens. They they think like, oh, I did it once, and right. And there's so many unsolved cases, maybe in his area. I just hope that he either confesses or something because you know he was just walking around feeling invincible right okay and also hear me out (laughs) but what if when we're born they take your freaking dna and put it into the codex system to every single baby ever born so if anyone grows up to be a serial killer it's already just there even if you don't have an offense well is that some kind of law why do they take your fingerprint then you know you know how they take your like fingerprint and your when you're a baby. Yeah. Do you think they could use that, or do they? Oh, absolutely. Has that happened? Absolutely. Yeah. Because if just, you leave fingerprints on a crime scene, they, they could they could match it. Everybody's right? or just criminal? I thought it was just if you have a criminal history. Um, no, because tell me why. Okay, so I I just I have this memory like tucked away in my mind, and I think about it every so often. I'm like, hmm, what was that about? But I remember when I was. The keychain things. Okay, go ahead. No. Okay, no. But yes, but no. Okay. <laughs> Not what I'm gonna say. Um, but I remember when I was getting enrolled in preschool, I was literally like three, and I remember them taking my fingerprint. I I don't know. Like my thumbprint. I remember like putting my thumb in the ink and putting yeah. it on a piece of paper, and I don't know why they did that. Is it? I was always told, and maybe this is a lie, that it's if you ever got kidnapped or. I, that's what I was thinking. Maybe yeah. Maybe if. It's it was... my understanding that you don't go into, and I could be wrong, and I'll research it, but that you don't go into the Kodak system unless you have a criminal past and I th- history. I think that's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying, which I don't know how, you know, human rights or whatever, but if we just took everyone's DNA when they were born. You'd be able to crack cases probably last solve. Night. Yeah, it'd probably solve a lot. From of, here on out. Right. It would probably solve a lot. Yeah, and they just put everybody in codex from like 2023 on and you never have a cold case again. Right. If there was DNA left. Right. Which most of the time there is. I know. He's an idiot. He literally attempted. And I mean, I guess it worked for 45 years. Yeah, that's scary. He literally ra- and he was smart enough to wrap the handle in a napkin and in 1985 you or 1975 excuse me you wouldn't think to do that would you yeah i mean i thought was i mean it 
probably is harder to lift fingerprints from a napkin, but I thought they would still be able to get something. Right, you would think, but probably not then. Maybe if it was in, what's it called? Um, not embroidered, but had a print, maybe that would be harder to pick up a, it would only get a partial fingerprint. Right. So yeah, but you're right. But did they even have the technology then to do that? I don't know. We should probably know that stuff. Like when was the fingerprint system? I feel like it was <sighs> around this time. I know. Seriously, I feel like it was though. around this time, honestly, like the early 80s. I mean, yeah. this is 1975, but the early 80s yeah. is what I feel like they started getting like better at DNA testing and all that. But right. it's ever evolving even now. But but yeah. And yeah, it makes you think, was he really? St- I feel like he was really stalking her. Uh, I that think had he, to have been him. Yeah, I I feel like it was him peeking. He she literally told her husband and her family about the fact that she saw someone peeking through her back slider window, and then she ends up murdered randomly. She didn't have enemies. She didn't have. I mean, she was only nineteen. She had just graduated. No one hated her. I wonder. So too. he must have just been like a random weirdo that he caught her eye one time and yeah. or excuse me. You know what I mean. Probably at the flower. I theorize at the flower shop she worked at. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Um, and I'm curious to know how far away his place of residence was from her house at the time. Yeah. Because it's usually always around. Well, he. It says he did reside in. Oh. Lancaster County. It didn't say where, but right. he was in the same county as her. It must have been walking distance if he's creeping around her house. Yeah. I mean, I guess he could be driving and parking and stuff, but from what I've. From, and you probably know this too from what I've researched or what I've heard is like they usually almost always live around right. their victims. Well, we know in the case that happened here, he literally lived down the street. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah. The case he lived, in Ada. He, yeah, he lived down the alleyway. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, that's the case of Lindy Sue Beachler. Well, I'm and glad they got that I know, I know. Finally, after 45 years, she got justice and I – it really gives me hope and it really gives me hope for other cases and where we could be with technology just a couple years from now. And shout out to that police department for keeping all that evidence together because that doesn't always happen. Oh, no, it doesn't. Even... And that's another reason this case caught my eyes because they were so on it. And I wish that the, could be a, yeah. the case every time. Never happens. I know. So, yeah, I wish that could be the case every time. And shout out to the detectives who... Don't give up on a cold case that's 45 years old. That's amazing. Definitely. Giving that family closure. Exactly. And unfortunately, her mother did pass away before she knew what happened to her daughter. Well, from, you know, our beliefs, she found out anyways. Yeah. But just in this life, it's sad because her mother passed away before she could find out who killed her daughter and seeing justice for her daughter. But like I said, her her stepbrother or her half brother was really always on it. He always yeah. he always spoke out about it and always demanded justice and never gave up on his sister. Yeah. And he he finally got to see He can put it behind him now. Right, right. And move on. Yeah. Yeah. hmm Wow. That's really sad. Yeah. But she got justice. Yeah. And fuck him. Yeah, and he got caught. He had just get away with it anymore like fuck you you know yeah is he he didn't look that old either he must have been kind of young when it happened but right does it say that he's in um he the pennsylvania county or prison mm-hmm. yeah 
till this day. Yeah, he's in Lancaster County, Mm -hmm. where it happened. So he and it's so infuriating because he never left. Is this something we can follow? Yeah. Okay. It he was just arrested in July. Okay. They had just found him. So a couple months ago. He looks like he could be someone's like grandpapa, like a Uh, sweet old man. Yeah. That's creepy. He was. Oh, here we go. Um, according to people, he. And he probably was. Yeah. A grandpa. Yeah. Oh my god. He was sixty-eight. He's 68. Wow. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you. That Yay! was a good one. I don't think I actually have heard of that one. I know. I don't even know how I stumbled across it. And I was excited because I did see um, one of my favorite YouTubers, um, Bella Fiore, actually did do a video on this. But she did it before any advancements were made. So I was excited to Ooh. to get on here and talk about the advancements. Yeah. They literally just caught him in July. One of the so. cool things about this podcast is I feel like we are drawn to specific cases for a reason because it almost feels like they're speaking, like they're getting a platform. Right. So it's I don't believe in coincidences. So whatever true crime we're drawn to is the ones we're probably going to do. Yeah, and that was her. By oh, the way. she's so pretty. Wasn't she beautiful? Uh, yeah, they always are. Always are. Another yeah. fucking. And she was only nineteen, a year younger than me. Yeah, so. that's really fucking young. Yeah. Well. All right. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you next time. We'll see you next week. And remember to stay down to earth. Head in the stars. And, and always, always ask, ask questions. questions.